0: Section 58 of Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1, by John Calvin. Translated by Reverend John Pringle. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1-3 Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, AND THOUGH I GIVE MY BODY TO BE BURNED, AND HAVE NOT CHARITY, IT PROFITETH ME NOTHING. THE DIVISION OF THE CHAPTER BEING SO ABSURD, I COULD NOT REFRAIN FROM CHANGING IT, ESPECIALLY AS I COULD NOT CONVENIENTLY INTERPRET IT OTHERWISE. FOR WHAT PURPOSE DID IT SERVE TO CONNECT WITH WHAT GOES BEFORE A DETACHED SENTENCE, WHICH AGREES SO WELL WITH WHAT COMES AFTER, NAY MORE, IS THEREBY RENDERED COMPLETE, it is likely that it happened through a mistake on the part of the transcribers. However it may be as to this, after having commanded that regard should be had chiefly to edification, he now declares that he will show them something of greater importance, that everything be regulated according to the rule of love. This, then, is the most excellent way, when love is the regulating principle of all our actions, and, in the outset, he proceeds upon this, that all excellencies are of no value without love, for nothing is so excellent or estimable as not to be vitiated in the sight of God if love is wanting. Nor does he teach anything here but what he does elsewhere, when he declares that it is the end of the law and the bond of perfection, 1 Timothy 1.5, AND ALSO WHEN HE MAKES THE HOLINESS OF THE GODLY CONSIST ENTIRELY IN THIS COLOSSIANS 3.14 FOR WHAT ELSE DOES GOD REQUIRE FROM US IN THE SECOND TABLE OF THE LAW? IT IS NOT THEN TO BE WONDERED IF ALL OUR DEEDS ARE ESTIMATED BY THIS TEST, their APPEARING TO PROCEED FROM LOVE. IT IS ALSO NOT TO BE WONDERED IF GIFTS, OTHERWISE EXCELLENT, COME TO HAVE THEIR TRUE VALUE ONLY WHEN THEY ARE MADE SUBSERVIENT TO LOVE. 1. If I should speak with the tongues of men. He begins with eloquence, which is, it is true, an admirable gift, considered in itself, but, when apart from love, does not recommend a man in the estimation of God. When he speaks of the tongue of angels, he uses a hyperbolical expression to denote what is singular or distinguished. At the same time, I explain it rather as referring to the diversity of languages, which the Corinthians held in much esteem, measuring everything by ambition, not by fruit. Make yourself master, says he, of all the languages, not of men merely, but even of angels. You have in that case no reason to think that you are of higher estimation in the sight of God than a mere symbol, if you have not love. 2 and if I should have the gift of prophecy. He brings down to nothing the dignity of even this endowment, which, nevertheless, he had preferred to all others. To know all mysteries might seem to be added to the term prophecy by way of explanation, but as the term knowledge is immediately added, of which he had previously made mention by itself, 1 Corinthians 14.8, It will deserve your consideration whether the knowledge of mysteries may not be used here to mean wisdom. As for myself, while I would not venture to affirm that it is so, I am much inclined to that opinion. That faith of which he speaks is special, as is evident from the clause that is immediately added so that I remove mountains. Hence the sophists accomplish nothing when they pervert this passage for the purpose of detracting from the excellence of faith. As, therefore, the term faith, polissimon, is used in a variety of senses, it is the part of the prudent reader to observe in what signification it is taken. Paul, however, as I have already stated, is his own interpreter, by restricting faith here to miracles. It is what Chrysostom calls the faith of miracles, and what we term a special faith, because it does not apprehend a whole Christ, but simply his power in working miracles, and hence it may sometimes exist in a man without the spirit of sanctification, as it did in Judas. 3. And if I should expend all my possessions. This, it is true, is worthy of the highest praise, if considered in itself, but as liberality in many cases proceeds from ambition, not from true generosity, or even the man that is liberal is destitute of the other departments of love, for even liberality that is inwardly felt is only one department of love, it may happen that a work, otherwise so commendable, has indeed a fair show in the sight of men, and is applauded by them, and yet is regarded as nothing in the sight of God. And if I should give up my body, he speaks undoubtedly of martyrdom, which is an act that is the most lovely and excellent of all, for what is more admirable than that invincible fortitude of mind which makes a man not hesitate to pour out his life for the testimony of the gospel? Yet even this, too, God regards as nothing, if the mind is destitute of love. The kind of punishment that he makes mention of was not then so common among Christians for we read that tyrants at that time set themselves to destroy the church rather by swords than by flames, except that Nero, in his rage, had recourse also to burning. The spirit appears, however, to have predicted here, by Paul's mouth, the persecutions that were coming. But this is a digression. The main truth in the passage is this that as love is the only rule of our actions, and the only means of regulating the right use of the gifts of God, nothing in the absence of it is approved of by God, however magnificent it may be in the estimation of men. For where it is wanting, the beauty of all virtues is mere tinsel, is empty sound, is not worth a straw, nay more, is offensive and disgusting. As for the inference which papists draw from this, that love is therefore of more avail for our justification than faith, we shall refute it afterwards. At present, we must proceed to notice what follows. End of section fifty eight.